Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, we're going to try that again. How are my audience? There we go, there's the passion for latitude I've been hoping for. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, I'm not going to muck about any longer because we're slightly behind. I'm going to bring on this wonderful show that combines mystery with booze and improvisation. It is a mystery on the rocks. Please welcome to the stage. Oh, yeah. Woo! Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, it felt like uh, we started this with you being told off, and we don't want that. No. no. Do you feel told off? Yeah. 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 No, that wasn't what we wanted. You're here. That's important. Yes, exactly. Uh, and thanks very much. We're. I don't know. Um, this is uh, probably going to be a, a pointless straw poll, uh, but give me a cheer if you know anything about this show. Ah. There we go. Oh, there we go. And don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad about that. We yeah. are only 20 episodes in. We're a brand new podcast, and. Um, for some reason, got invited to Latitude. <laughs> so, thanks very much. You're here at our very first live show. All right. Thank you. Thanks very much. My name is Chris. Uh, I'm Masood. And I'm Suze. Hello. <laughs> hey. Now, if you don't know what the show is about, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Basically, it's called Mystery on the Rocks. Now, I um, uh, I love mysteries. Uh, I, I collect them. Got a, a real life unsolved mysteries. Sometimes crime. Sometimes paranormal phenomena. Uh, uh, Masood here has got a little bar. He makes us cocktails while we oh, talk yeah. about them, and Sue's there, writes a song during the episode, plays us out at the end. There we oh, go. Yeah. There, we go. Right. there you go. <laughs> now, give me a cheer if you are into true crime. Yeah. It's your lucky day. I did not bring. I did not bring a paranormal one. I brought a true crime one, and it's a doozy as well. I don't know whether you know this one. Um, uh, uh, do you know who uh, Isidore Fink is? Oh, then you're in for a treat. It's one of my favourites. So. Uh, uh, Masood. Yes. 
Uh, what are we doing first? First drink, or shall we bring on our guest? Uh, let's do a drink first, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. make the drink, and then bring on the guest. So, uh, what are you making for us? Today, I'm making a basil daiquiri. Ooh. Basil daiquiri. Ooh. Who knows, like, what a daiquiri is, by the way? Like, a regular daiquiri. You know what a daiquiri is? You're like, yeah, 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 I know what that is. Oh, nice. Thank you very much. Ooh. Complete with we have authentic uh, latitude dust. <laughs> Fantastic. Yum, yum, yum. Um, it's a daiquiri with basil in it. That's it. There's no other, that's it. Um, but like, because the thing with daiquiris is everyone thinks that they're those kind of like, oh, frozen in the uh, like machines that come out frozen. Like if you go to, what is it like those? Slush like, puppies. Yeah, like Chipotle and stuff like that. I like you those. For I like don't, yeah. Listen, this is, this is our first live show. It's a latitude. Don't make us a slush puppy. I, no, I'm you not going to make you a slush Show puppy. us up if okay, you do I'll, that. I, yeah. So I'm just going to make a, a, basically a daiquiri with basil in it. It's fucking delicious. How long is it going to take you to make five basil uh, daiquiris? It'll take a bit. Oh, in there the we go then. In the meantime, would you like some singing? Cool. Name a famous singer, for example, Judy Garland. <laughs> Judy Garland, you say. <laughs> Name any song you would like to hear Judy Garland sing, possibly one she never sang. Firestarter! Someone out there said Firestarter. It's fucking happening. All right, so it's Judy. She's here. She's a big fan of the Prodigy. And here we go. I'm a Firestarter. Twisted Firestarter. Oh, psychosomatic. Out of concern. You asked for it and I gave it to you. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. I'm glad you enjoyed it because none of you asked for that. It was just some no. bloke that just walked A out. man who walked past asked me to do five stars. Judy just Garland. tossed a hand grenade and in here and go, you deal it. with that. <laughs> uh, right, um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you, if you were here earlier, you might have seen him on the Amazing A Musical, but please, make some noise and welcome to the stage, Tom Parry! Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I, I, I tried for an ambitious kind of leg kick as I came to the tent, but there's a wonky, it's wonky ground, so don't try it. So Mate, I, I've just yeah. had to walk across it in these. Oh yeah, it feels. <laughs> I, uh, I was here earlier from a distance, and I, I thought they'd covered the entire place with sand. <laughs> Which is Did a good idea for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sand. Um, so, Tom, you've been at the festival all day. Yes. So you're already pissed. I'm on my way. On your way. I'm on my way. It's interesting. I don't know if everyone's the same with festival drinking. My kind of regime is Guinness until midday. <laughs> Guinness is very much the breakfast drink for festivals. So between 10 and midday, some Guinness. And then you go on to the cider, yeah. graduate to lager, and then into the shorts. So my, my normal cocktails at a festival, um, we call it the 50-50. So we get a bottle of ginger beer and empty it, half of it, and then fill the rest of it up with rum. And then we take two 50-50s out for the night. So, and it's a great festival drink. It really, it's going to be cold tonight, and it's a warming drink. So to have a proper cocktail, oh yeah? oh, this like feels it. like... Do you like basil? Are you not allergic to it? I love basil. And I tell you what, when you open that bag, the you smell, smell it, wafted yeah. oh, across, and it was divine. Did you smell the pesto? You couldn't smell the basil? Oh, wow. Um, what's interesting here is um, we've got all of that booze here, and Jack, our producer, brought it. He's got a room for a train. He's not going to be able to pack it all up. We could do you a 50-50. Guys, we are all getting drunk. <laughs> no one is leaving this tent sober. That's our guarantee. Um, so 
You're, so is this a, are we are we messing up your festival day by giving you a cocktail this early? Well, I, I mean, the, I think the rule for festivals is always just say yes to stuff. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, do you want to go and see that band? You kind of go, yeah. Like most of my favourite bands I found at festivals, kind yeah. of just by saying yes, or like you know, do you want do you want to have a, have a drag on that? And you kind of go, okay, and then you kind of go, oh, what is that? <laughs> like drink this, and it's like I think that's what festivals are about. It's like. For, for like three days, you just say yes to stuff and then you deal with the consequences of it. So Magic. when you said, do you want to do my <laughs> podcast? You said the magic words, you get free cocktails and you don't need to prep. And I was like, <laughs> yes, please, let's go. So was, here we are. Um, only at Latitude uh, could this happen because we forgot the basil. And then we showed up and we were like, where are we going to get basil? First person we asked. Had basil. basil. Yeah, marjoram, thyme, rosemary. <laughs> just like <laughs> loads <laughs> of it. The works. It's they a very spicy. Tent. It was yeah. an incredible yeah, yeah. sight. At other festivals, when they say I've got spice, yeah, they mean exactly. something <laughs> different. But at Latitude, they've got a spice rack. Yeah, that's why we stipulated basil. And we weren't disappointed. <laughs> that's really we always good. Bring, we always bring too much. <laughs> so are you a fan of true crime, Tom? I must admit, I, I haven't really got on board the true crime train. Right. Like, I enjoy sleuthing. I like the idea of sleuthing. Okay. When you say kind sleuthing, do you mean like you just walking around Thank trying you. to solve crimes yourself? Well, like, like low-level sleuthing is like kind of. I live in a. Uh, I live in London, so it's a very unfriendly. I'm from the Midlands, live in London, and it's Same. kind of yeah, exactly. And and like people don't talk to each other in London, and so like I'm constantly trying to sleuth my neighbours just like to, I guess make friends with them is another way of describing but like you know like I get in the lift with the same bloke every day and I, I don't know what he does he doesn't out. talk to me I don't know who, what he does who is he what are his hours you I can can't. ask him I've followed him down the road I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I've followed him down the road before now where would you go who is this guy oh, um, and there's, a, there's, a, there's two people who live across the road and, and they're, they're a father and a son this is what I've sleuthed and one's called John and one's called Terry. Imagine that, John and Terry, John and Terry. And every day they park their Jaguar outside the flats. They've got like a really swanky Jaguar. And then they leave. And then after about 45 minutes, John and Terry come back with carrier bags. And I'm not making this up. Carrier bags full of coins. And then they put the coins in the boot and then off they drive. And it's like the same two hours every day. So what are John and Terry up to? Like I'm they're driving to Sainsbury's to use the coin machine to pay all those coins in. That's what they're yeah. doing. Oh, like, well, where are they getting their coins from? Who are John and Terry? Who are John and Terry? Well, like, what's going on there? So that's kind of that's kind of my that's kind of my true crime involvement. It's like sleuthing, <laughs> sleuthing <laughs> my neighbours in real life. I reckon. That, well, I mean, it can't I be any worse than the most recent episode of Jonathan Creek. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There I it just is. assume that was just being British, isn't it? That's what you do. You all just spy on your neighbours and stuff. Yeah, because no one. I mean, if no one talks to each other. Yeah, you don't have to do it in so the Midlands. In the Midlands, you know exactly what's yeah, going on with your neighbours. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Wolverhampton too. I right? know. Uh, is there anybody else from the Midlands? Yes. yes. Are you whereabouts? Derby. Derby. Derby oh, on no, the wrong no, side no, of the Midlands. Because. We're a similar age as well, I think. So do you remember about 20, 25 years ago, there was a man that used to walk around Wolverhampton dressed as... Oh, a cowboy? Yeah, the cowboy. Yeah, the Wolverhampton cowboy. cowboy. Yeah. A, a, a real local character. Yeah, he, he doesn't, he's not a cowboy anymore. He runs up to people with a copy, a picture of the old BBC test card. You know, the, the, the little girl with the, the, the puppet and the chalkboard. Yeah. What? And he runs up to them uh, and he goes, uh, look at that. Well, last, she's got no talent. And then he walks on. <laughs> He's a real local character, that guy. When he was a cowboy, he used to go and lecture women about wearing uh, trousers and jeans. He used to say, ladies should be wearing dresses. 
And also, I, I think his most famous day was when Lady Diana visited Wolverhampton and they and locked he got him. Arrested. They, they arrested him for carrying fake firearms because he had two kind of holstered firearms. So, but do you remember the news story after that? Because no, this sticks that? in my. Br- this was 1996 <laughs> or something, and it sticks in my brain because. The Express and Star reported on it. They interviewed him after he got released, and it's got the saddest press quote I've ever read, uh, which is, they asked me where my guns were from, and I had to tell them Woolworths. <laughs> I had to tell them. Uh, I had to, I tell, had them to tell them the truth. <laughs> Lady Di was in town. But didn't he used to go up to people, um, uh, uh, little kids at the church group? Did you tell me this? What? Or did so somebody else tell me this? So what's my name? Was that a different... Go, go, Maybe, go, no, no. Because there was also the roundabout homeless guy as well god oh yeah. yeah 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 but the the, the the cowboy used to walk up to kids outside church group and he used to go um look at you i used to be like you Ugh. i used to worship yeah. the lord <laughs> look at me now i'm a cowboy he was a real local character that's quite a roller coaster because it starts off sinister but at the end it's really jaunty it's total pg rating yeah i like it i think you miss that in london you don't get you don't get characters uh, we had two local characters we had the cowboy and we had the the ring road tramp and it was a guy who lived on the ring road he refused he refused to go indoors so he built he had a tent on the ring road Good for and him. because he was a local character everyone used to give him gifts and on christmas day <laughs> they're taking christmas presents and the story was he was a prisoner of war, war yeah and because oh. he was he was he was he was contained during the war he refused to be contained again so instead yeah. he lived in a tent on the ring road well, and wolverhampton opened their arms to him it was like yeah, the yeah. cowboy and the ring road tramp they were our two they were our two big characters. I yeah. like it. I think they should have their own series. <laughs> well, fight, yeah. Fighting crime. Yeah. Yeah. When, the, when the Ring Road Tramp passed Kid, away... Kids telly fighting crime. When, when, yeah, when the Ring Road Tramp passed away, there was a genuine petition to have a statue and of, no, uh, no. of him on the when, Ring Road. When he, when he had the funeral, there were more people attended that than came to see Princess Diana when she came to visit. <laughs> there you go. And that's Wolverhampton, guys. That's what it's like. But also, the you. story I heard was that that got twisted. He wasn't a prisoner of war. He worked in a concentration camp. Oh, then there's an edge. And it was guilt that made him live on the thing. So either way, you Shit. can take either way. Um, I guess you, oh. you tell the stories you want to hear, I guess, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's the one I want to hear, Tom. So. Well, thank you for coming. And I want to say to Masood, yeah. this drink is delicious. Who, where was the so, second? Yeah, who, the, who are the guinea pigs trying the basil daiquiri? What do you think? Good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Where's the, wait what? a second. Where's the other guy? <laughs> I just legged it with a glass. <laughs> Did he, did he? He just ran yeah, off. He, no, yeah, you got a drink. He's a off. booze freak. Oh, someone else could have had one then. That's annoying, isn't it? Oh, well. That is, um, that's he brought a glass. Someone brought a glass back. That oh, was him. That was him. He's really polite. He only brought it back for the deposit. <laughs> <laughs> that's punchy. I'm going to say punchy. Punchy. It's punchy. Yeah. Is that code? That doesn't really like it. It's sipping. I don't it's like si- it. It's sipping. That's what I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him that guy, Punchy. Yeah, that and is. And when the festival punchy. ends, they should put a statue of him up. Punchy. The guy who brought the glass back. Good old Punchy. Good Thanks, old punchy. punchy. Classic Punchy. I always get quite panicked in cocktail bars when you've got like an over enthusiastic. Oh, this isn't a real one. No. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. then I'll relax. Um, oh, and I know, like I know, the, yeah, like a bartender who's really—he always comes. He goes like, "What do you like?" Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you kind of yeah. go, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "What do you like?" And you go, "Oh, I don't know." Booze? Oh, I just want a drink. As in, what are you? How do you feel? 
Where did you last go on holiday? Come on, I'll yeah. make you some in. You kind of go, oh, you don't know me. I've never been to a place. What's your favourite colour? Come on. Oh. And you kind of go, oh, God. I'd no. hate that. I would hate that. Like an sure intrusive I'm... cocktail. Is that line. a cocktail bar in Britain? Are you sure that's in the UK? Literally, I was there. It was, uh, I'm talking about a place in Buxton. I don't know if you've been to Buxton. <laughs> it's a weird town, Buxton. And they've in got Buxton. one cocktail bar. And this guy was, he wanted my personal history. It's like, what's your date of birth? Come on, fella. What's your date of birth? What's your it's date like, of oh, birth? what are you doing to me? I don't know. Sagittarius, I, I'll give you a bit of rum. Oh, what, what are you talking about? I would hate that. I can't even go and get my hair cut. Yeah. Because that's yeah. just small talk at knife point. Is I just can't do is it. Is that why you wear the hat? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, no, the reason I'm wearing the hat is because it was a. Uh, uh, I thought, oh, it'll be sunny, I'll put the hat on. And now I've just got a hat head and I can't take it off. Yeah, yeah. and it has, the sun hasn't been anywhere no. near us. No. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you don't know about true crime or you're not that big a fan of true crime? No. No, okay. So this one is sort of like... Uh, um, it's not that well known. I did a straw poll before I brought you on. No one oh, yeah. knows who Isidore Fink is. Isidore Fink was a Polish immigrant who lived in New York. Uh, it's a brilliant uh, name. Uh, Isidore, Isidore Fink. Fink. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he died in 1929 in New York. He was murdered. And uh, it's a genuine, real-life, locked-room mystery. Ooh, I like him. So what, um, what happened was uh, he, um, he lived in this... Wait, you all know what a locked-room mystery is, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah hermetically sealed room, right? So he um, he had this flat. He had a laundry, a laundrette. He'd opened up a laundrette. He was very paranoid. Uh, he would always have... Uh, uh, he had three deadlocks on the door, and these windows were nailed shut from the inside because he was paranoid about being robbed. It was a, uh, a bad, bad neighbourhood. Or he had something to hide. <laughs> or he had something to hide. He nailed I, his windows the shut. The windows were nailed shut from the inside. Uh, the door had three deadbolts. I had to lock it from the inside. There was a transom window, you know, what those like the thin sort of like sealed glass. Um, and his neighbour heard three shots uh, in his flat. She ran out to find a, a, a policeman. She found one because they were on the beat. The policeman came and they couldn't get in because the door was locked from the inside. The windows were nailed shut from the inside. The only way that they could get in was to smash that transom window, but it was too small for anybody to get in. So they found a, a child that was milling a bike because like a crowd had gathered. They got the child through the transom. It was window. a different time. Oh, wasn't yeah. Yeah. it was a different time. Hey, come over here, buddy. Coppers just go, hey, buddy, you look small. Yeah. Come on. And oh, Jesus, that was supposed to be home. Hey, kid, I'll give you a buck if you can. I'll give you a buck if you get in that This was window. about 10 p.m. as well. So, Aww. Well, I suppose if it's a policeman doing it, you're like, oh, the country needs me. That kid had probably okay. just finished a 14 hour day as well. No, I'm, this kid is immediately a suspect for me. This kid's a suspect. <laughs> Do you think? What's this kid doing out of the house at 10 p.m.? He's probably selling newspapers. He Joe could, was the, yeah. He was the 20s. News, news he, flash, a man is dead. He's nailed his fucking room shut. <laughs> Latitude, this is not the last time we've heard about this kid. This kid's coming in at the end, I'm telling you. Yeah, you reckon he's coming back? Yeah. You think old, so? You think? Old okay. little Gunny McJr. Gunny McJr. Gunny McJr. You didn't know anything about it. That was his name. How do you know this? <laughs> I'm a sleuth, mate. I'm an old school sleuth. <laughs> He's always got his bags of change. Gunny McJr. runs that neighbourhood. Gunny McJr. You're good at your names, you. Yeah, that's right, I know. There's a reason he nailed his windows from the inside. It's because Gunny McJr. was around. Yeah, that's true. Nail them windows. Do you know, though, right, do you get to a point where you start getting frightened of kids? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, growing up in Wolverhampton, but there were two kids in Wolverhampton that everyone grew up scared of. They went to the school across the field from us. They were called... You were kids as well, right? Oh, I was a kid as well. The fear of them's never left. They were called Dirk and Marinus. Imagine yeah, that. Dirk no. and Marinus. Dirk no. and Marinus. And the, they were twins. 
and the story went that Dirk and Marinas would rob your house. And it was something like Dirk would knock on your front door, and when you went to visit Dirk, ah, Marinas would be in your back, back door and hit you on the head. I mean, like you, everyone grew up scared of Dirk and Marinas. And I, I'm just saying, kids can't be trusted. I'm picturing <laughs> them twins in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's the, what, uh, that's, they were all, they ran the, they ran the show. Yeah. So I'm saying Gunny McJuniors around about, this kid's suspicious. Right, he was, he was, he was tiny. He was about like, se- he was like, small enough, small enough to fit through that, that yeah, window. Yeah, exactly. They, they had to smash to get him in. When he got in, found him dead. They lo- he unlocked the door from the inside and the police came in and found Isidore Fink shot three times. Once in the wrist and twice in the chest. And there's a few things that are weird, right? So you might think, oh, well... Apart from letting a child find a dead body. Apart yeah, from there's, that. There's apart from that. Not the weirdest thing, Masood. Not the weirdest thing. It's not the first um, dead body Gunny uh, McJr's seen. <laughs> yeah, Gunny McJr. Gunny McJr. grew up on dead bodies, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Gunny McJr. I want to I, I wanna see that, like a play or something. Or hey, I'm shining shoes here. He probably was hanging out with old uh, roundabout tramp man. Oh yeah, the Ring uh, Road Tramp and the Cowboy. The Ring Road Tramp has got enough rumours attached to him right now, all right? We've had <laughs> him as a prisoner of war, a Nazi. Well, let, let's, let's, let's keep his name out of this. Yeah, all right, yeah. His name was God, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah God, his God, name God. was God? Yeah, God. Why'd you leave that out? We missed yeah, that, that God, detail, God, by God, the way. It's amazing. <laughs> in Wolverhampton, the Ring Road Tramp is I, God. The, like, That's our city motto. This <laughs> is an education. Every, every time we record it, I'm just glad you got to be here for my education live. Because yeah. normally we're in a hermetically sealed room <laughs> recording it with no audience, and it's just me laughing and learning. If we're laughing, we're learning. Is, is that a thing in most British... Does, like, does anyone here have like a town character that they had when they were... You, yeah. where, where, where are you from, mate? Where are you from? Yes, you. There's Dogman. Dog Dogman. Dog Dog Dogman in Milton Keynes. So he's got, he's got a lot of dogs. Dogman. They go in the pram. How I've heard of it. I've heard dogs of Dogman. Dogs never get tired, though, so he must be wheeling them around for 24 hours a day. The dogs eventually just drop he, um, on the pavement yeah, he and just, just put them in a pram. Or he just decides which one gets to go in the pram. Just sort of like, I don't think the dogs get tired at all. Do you I've think, heard it, of, do you I've think heard it's slightly sexual? Dogman. There's got to be a TV series where we go around the country, <laughs> collect local characters, put them in a house. Oh, it's man. like Love Island, but for, for char- local characters. But for local characters. <laughs> and then the country votes for who gets to stay and who gets to go. Yeah, they would yeah, make yeah. one of them prime minister. Am I right, guys? <laughs> At this point, I'll take it. <laughs> Kipper Man. Kipper Man is now prime minister. Kipper Man. Kipper Man. <laughs> I'd wish he'd sleep on a nice pillow. I this podcast will never date. The way that the way that they decide who gets eliminated is they just throw Gunny McJr. in there and he just picks one up. He kills him. <laughs> Whoever Gunny is alive. comes through the, he comes through the window. Because he's as big as your thumb, you'd never notice him. <laughs> Gunny McJr. I mean, this has got weird really quick, but it's good fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, like I say, never done it live before. Who knew this was going to happen? So, uh, Gunny McJr. drops in. Let's the police in. Isidore thinks we shot three times. Once wrist, through the wrist. Chest, chest. Twice in the chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrist, um, twice in the chest. Uh, at point blank. Very, like, point blank. Um, and any, any gun? Uh, no gun. No gun. Gasp. And Listener at home, there was an audible gasp then from the tent. <laughs> um, when I say audible, I mean... Imagine. Silent. <laughs> but everyone was gasping in their heads because there was no gun. You can't see a facial gasp. Yes, it's, it's a good You motto. can only feel it. I mean, there was a shudder through the tent. Was that what that was? And that was only because someone had just drank the basil daiquiri. And, <laughs> oh, it's punchy. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> um, 
No gun. No gun. No gun was found in the in the apartment, which is why they were like uh, they ser- they turned the apartment upside down. No hiding places. No gun was there. Um, uh, Isidore Fink was uh, uh, was dead. Um, weirdly, his iron was on. He had a gas iron. He had the a gas plot iron. Thickens. He had a gas iron that he uh, it turned on, and it hadn't it hadn't got hot enough. It hadn't had time to get hot enough to singe what it was resting on. So it was still resting on the shirt. And it hadn't singed it. It hadn't had time to get hot enough to singe it. So it didn't burn anything. So what happened was, so you think the time was... Uh, uh, the so he three, started three twice shots, the shirt. Three shots get uh, heard. The neighbour runs out to find a policeman. Don't, God knows how long that would take. I mean, there might have been a policeman on every corner. These were the good old days. Yeah, yeah. And weirdly... This, Get this for nominative the, the, the good old days. Why do you laugh to yourself? The, about good, that? the, the good, good old days. Good old when they shove kids through the windows on to solve crimes. Yeah, yeah. Kids go the through windows. The on the stoop. The kids are out playing dice. Um, no gun. <laughs> can we can we ask about... This is at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. It was night, about 10 o'clock, o'clock at yeah. night, yeah. He's ironing shirts before he goes to bed. He ran a laundrette. When do you oh. iron your shirts, Tom? When do you I, <laughs> spoiler alert, I've never ironed a shirt in my life. <laughs> oh, man, me neither. High five from across the stage. Yes, Pow. Bang. Do you just Don't hang them up in the bathroom and then have a shower? That's what I like do, and then it steams the... It's a bit like trying to push back the ageing process. Like, why are you... We, we, we constantly do things as humans that are, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Why are you ironing you a think shirt? Ironing shirt? I mean, he, you're he ironing a shirt, so it's straight. When you put it on, it's going to get creased very quickly. Mm. You're going to age. You're going to die. Like these are the inevitables. So Your shirt's going to crease. You're going to get old. Your face right. is going to crease. Right. And then you're going to die. So, <laughs> is a takeaway? Thanks don't for coming on the podcast, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get maudlin about it. No. There are some things. Isidore you Fink, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he just wanted to go out on his own. It makes you Isidore yeah. Fink. That's all I'm saying. I think I don't think he was ironing his own shirt. If I'm honest, I think he was ironing his oh, shirt yeah. for clients because he, he had, a, he had like a, a, a laundry business. Okay, so he was working late. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he lived where he worked. Um, he had he had a lot of customers, but they were getting annoyed because he wouldn't take on new customers or take on more orders because he was so paranoid about getting robbed, which is why he had such cu- massive security. Wait, who's robbing a laundrette? Like real fans of clothing. Clothes horses. Was Love there the a lot of money left in the flat? Was there money missing? Was it a robbery? Nothing was stolen. There was Nothing ca- was stolen. Oh. There was cash still in pockets. That means the someone, tent literally someone just shut themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the site. People just shut themselves. You can't Nothing hear. Was you robbed. can't hear I'm it. Not, and uh, you can smell it. You can't I've hear got it. Got a contemporary news article here from the time. It was on March the twelfth. A three bullet wounds. His gas iron was still lighted on an ironing board, had not had time to scorch the cloth. All doors and windows were bolted and locked from the inside. The gun was missing, and there was money still in his pockets and in the cash drawer. And no gun, obviously, when they turned it upside down. They couldn't find anything, or even a way out. They couldn't find a, a, a hidden passage or anything. There's no way anybody got out of that flat. What if Gunny McJr. ate the gun? Our old ate the <laughs> He was a hungry, hungry boy. An edible gun. He'd been working down the docks for 13 hours. He was starving. And he's called Gunny because he eats them. He he loves guns, yeah. He He loves to eat them. Just eats them, bullets, anything. Gunpowder, loves it. Okay, is is there a world where... Now, I'm no gas iron expert, but I imagine back in the day, those bad boys had pretty big rivets on it. Probably, yeah. Right? Right. Did anyone check the gas iron? Was it intact? Yes. Oh. It was still on. Because <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, if it was a faulty gas iron, he puts the gas iron on, he goes to stand by the door thinking, I hope Gunny McJr's not out there. It's just like, he's having a look. 
the gas iron malfunctions, a rivet, <laughs> the magic bullet, if you will, right. fires out of the gas iron. There's a lot of power in a gas iron. Hits the door I frame. I you weren't an expert. No. Comes back <laughs> through his wrist. And chest. Into the chest twice. And then yeah. back into the iron. <laughs> That's and that would explain, right? So it would shoot out one shot. I mean, it explains a lot. Yeah. It explains it all, actually. She heard three shots, that neighbour. The third shot was it going back into the iron. Must have been. Yeah. Must okay. have been. The yeah. second shot was it going through his wrist because that's where the noise is going to be. Yeah. Are they notoriously noisy? The wrists. This could be the weirdest accident that ever happened. <laughs> and poor Gunny McJr. is is being he's getting the chair for no reason here. Well, also you didn't no get the chair. I was extrapolating that Gunny McJr. It got way darker than I was expecting. Yeah. Let's not have a child dead as well. <laughs> no, there's no child dead. Okay, okay. He, he didn't get put down. No, no one got, uh, no one got done for it. In fact, the police actually just gave up. They said this is the most insoluble mystery. That's similar to um, two days ago. Someone broke my passenger car window in Wapping. Oh. That is similar. I, I emailed the police. They said we'll never be able to solve the crime. <laughs> It's very similar, guys. Thanks, guys. Almost the same. That's why. Why do you think I invited you on? Maybe. And actually, now you mention it, someone was using a gas iron right next there to my car <laughs> window. So maybe it was the old rivets on the gas. It's iron. the best way to hot wire it. <laughs> there is one. I don't know. I'm not an expert on gas irons either, and I, uh, I'm not an expert on irons. Look at my. Do we have a gas iron expert in is the there house? There's a gas iron. Please, oh, please, please this was 1929, <laughs> and I someone did point out to me when I was telling them this story. They said, "How do you know how long it takes a gas iron to?" heat up like it could have been there for ages yeah do you know what I mean did he have time to put the gas iron on and say I'll come back to that later I'll cook myself some tea don't know how long that would take were they definitely were there any bullets found uh, in him ah he was shot then <laughs> boom ah no rhythms <laughs> Right. Okay. We're going back to square one, everyone. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I'm really the sorry that your rivets from the iron. The rivets in the gas iron theory. Let's put that to one side. Let's not forget it. Let's put it to one side. But who comes back into play suddenly? Gunny McJr. Uh, old friend. Gunny McJr. Not for the last time in this case. Just when you think everything's <laughs> just when you think Gunny's up. in the clear. There is like one thing, which is that let's say, for argument's sake, uh, we'll come back to it. Somebody decided to shoot Isidore Fink, which they did, right? And they do that, and they somehow manage to get out of the room and leave the gun there. If you were a kid, and the police had gone, you've got license to go through that broken window, all right? And the kid goes in and spots a gun. What if he takes it for himself? So goes, something cool, was stolen. So Gunny McJr. wants the gun? Yeah, not necessarily shot. Whoa, Isidore gee, Fink. man, a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't Wait till I show my... Officer, didn't find anything. Wait till I show my friend, yeah, yeah. Stevie McGurn. <laughs> Stevie McGunn. Stevie McGunn is Gunny McJr.'s mate. Right. It's really interesting. They've got Do you think very they similar names. That's how they bonded oh, in school. Right, yeah. They were very next. They were next to each other in the register. They didn't know who the teacher was talking so to. Do you think that they split the gun? They ate the gun. They would have split it down the middle. Yeah. Look, he, they were listen, generous boys. They would share. I hate to be a cynic on this. I'm quite open-minded when it comes to our cases, and I believe in hearing all theories out. But I am gonna. Get rid of the he at the gun theory really quickly. You're not, mates, in my fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that any less likely than your theory about the rivets from the iron? Have you ever eaten a gun? No. Have you ever been shot by an iron? Well, so my, my, my car was just two days ago. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyway, has anybody got a good theory here? 
because yeah, you what do you guys think? Yeah. You can't nail windows shut from the inside, right? No, that you can absolutely do that. So the only, the only, okay, the only theory, oh, from the inside you can. Yeah, yeah. just need the <laughs> But from the outside, and that's the problem. Yes. Okay, I've got, the, I've the got a new theory. I've got a new theory. Okay, okay uh, this is actually quite good. Did you have, did you have any family? Uh, uh, not in New York. He left them. Uh, okay, so now I'm going to run with this theory. The motive, revenge. You've always got to get to why. Why? Right. He did a shoddy job on someone's shirt, right? <laughs> so shoddy that this guy was this guy or this or this girl was furious. Okay, maybe it ruined like their big meeting or their wedding, one of those two. But this person is Isidore Fink's favourite customer. It's the only customer that Isidore Fink likes. And Isidore Fink knows that he's done a shoddy job on this shirt. He was rushed. His gas iron takes ages to warm up. The rivets on it keep falling out. His, his favorite customer comes to the door and says, Isidore, you sold me a bum shirt, huh? A bum shirt. A bum shirt. He <laughs> doesn't wear shirt. the shirt on his bum. It's like it's a uh, bum wood, shirt. Oh, I picture the shirt with bums on it. Yeah, or whatever it is. You, you can rub <laughs> bum on my shirt. What's going on here? And Isidore thinks like, I'm really sorry. They shoot Isidore. Right. Bang. He puts his hand up. One through the wrist. Right. Doosh. Goes into the chest. They shoot him again. In the chest. They leave. Isidore, in his dying moments, thinks, I deserve this. <laughs> I run a laundrette. I have one job in this world, to do people's shirts and do them right. I let that person down. I had this coming. I don't want, let's call him John. Right. I don't want John to go down for this. Isidore closes the door. He deadlocks once. He deadlocks twice. I don't know why I'm dragging this out. He locks the door. He locks the door. Protecting John, and then he dies. So, what? So what? you think he? Oh, you're all quick to jump on this. Oh, <laughs> but he at the gun team are all <laughs> against this one. Oh, team at the gun think that's this is a ridiculous idea, do they? That's a, that's a fairly. We're renaming the podcast Team at the Gun. <laughs> Side yeah, note. I'm happy with that as a name. Yeah, team, team at, at the, the gun. gun. Team at the Gun's pretty cool, isn't For it? For what it's worth, I don't think he at the gun. Bless you. Uh, so, 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 it's revenge for a terrible shirt. Well, like whatever. Well, what I'm saying is, Isidore Fink, in his dying mood, and there's something quite romantic about this. I'm going to score this. Decided, Isidore Fink, dying, bleeding out on his laundrette floor, thought, you know what? This person doesn't deserve to go down for this crime. There's only one way I can protect them. Deadlock one. Deadlock two. Deadlock. Dead. Lock. That's pretty good, that. I mean, I, uh, for, the for the audience at home, the tent are on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> guys, sit down. No, oh, no, sit down. Sit down, guys, honestly. There's so much to come. Sit down. We've Bless had, you, though. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> a standing ovation in a tent is so rare. Thank you for that. We have had tw oh. 20 previous guests, and not one of them has done an act out. <laughs> Not one of them. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic.
You've got to give it more Basil Dacqueries, yes, man. That's exactly it's the Basil. Saying. Does things to um, me. But you might have noticed if you're eagle-eyed that Masuda's given us another drink. What's, There's what's, a second what, what's drink. What's in this one? This one, uh, this is a whiskey buck. Um, a whiskey buck? Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, it's pretty simple, but it's basically, it's uh, rye whiskey and ginger beer with a bit of lemon juice in it. That is, oh. li- we're on our way to a 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, so, yeah. Almost. Beautiful. Wait, wait. This Ge- is quite a summary drink. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. That is, um, yeah, that is very summary. Um, is it annoying watching people drink <laughs> when you've run out of booze? Yeah, yeah, these guys are like, ah, I'm not, we're going to get a drink Can we make that Can we make that man a drink? Would you, you, absolutely sir, love would you like this? my drink? Because I do have to drive home after this. Oh, I'm you should in, please take her drink. And I live in Gatwick. <laughs> oh, that's weird. They were clearly trying to leave. I know. He's got to stay now, though. Down it. Down it. Down it. Down it. Down That's it. not downing it. Down. That's quite nice. It's good. It's, it's, it'll sneak up on you. Don't. No, no. Sit, please sip the drink. <laughs> so I, the down it was a joke, kind of. <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? It's a good drink. Yeah. Quickly turn it the bully in this, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a genuine crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen- genuinely happened. Unsolved yeah. mystery. Still unsolved to this day. Yeah. For the listener at home, for the listener at home, a retired police detective. Is this a real story? For the listener at home, a retired police detective has just stormed the stage, commanded a drink, and is here to solve the crime. Um, Please come and join us. Give him a round of applause, everyone. Give him a round of applause. Up you go. Up you go. Come on. Up you go. Here we are. Come on. Amazing. There we go. So, Um, what's your name? Detective Henry. Inspector nice to meet you, Henry. Henry. Um, we're joined by Detective Henry. Um, uh, oh, you got a drink as well. Um, Henry, have you been listening from the top? No, that's the problem. That's <laughs> Henry, you've not been listening from the top? No, I haven't been listening from the top. Okay. When did you, wh- at what point did you arrive? When? When did we arrive? Go and sit down, Henry. Henry, everyone! <laughs> Henry, everyone! The worst police detective you'd ever meet. He walks into a courtroom halfway through the case. He storms the jury stand. He mumbles something about not guilty, and then he leaves. <laughs> That's why they fired him. That's that why they got him in the police force. You're listening to Mystery on the Rocks, hosted by Tom Parry, with guests <laughs> Chris Stokes and Matthew Myers. That was amazing. I, I quite enjoyed Henry's uh, Henry's contribution, but he has legged it. Oh no, he's there. He's still there. Oh, there he's you go. Um, Thanks for sticking answer, around, Henry. Enjoy your drink. To, in answer to your question, it is a genuine story, um, and the police gave up they couldn't solve it so they just stopped i think i think they gave it four or five years and then just went ah we're not getting anything. four or five years yeah, oh yeah there's i mean like that like, there's a case that happened in france right we've already we've covered it on a, a previous episode she um was murdered on the paris metro between stations on an empty tube carriage between metro she had a knife put in the back of her neck and that remains unsolved. And um, they, the government sealed the files. Uh, uh, and it, well, they'll open them again in 2038. What year did it happen? 1938. They sealed them for 100 years. Gasp yeah. amongst the audience. We're not talking about that one, though. We're talking about Boring Laundry Man. Um, no, this is just as good, though. Yeah, I know. I know. We've already covered it, unfortunately. Isidore, no, Isidore thinks just as good. Oh, as oh right. Oh, I, thought, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it's not got the continental romance of uh, the reason I like the it. Paris metro. The reason Ooh, I was... la la, my knife. <laughs> Sorry, that's really <laughs> offensive. A woman. Ouch, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but this Isidore think it's uh, the reason I the like it so thickens. much is because I love a lot of mystery, and this happened in real life, and no one can write a better one. Has anyone thought about a trapdoor? A trapdoor. 
They turn the flat upside down. I'd love to. I'd love a to skylight. Say, uh, again. Well, if you turn the flat upside down, then a trapdoor becomes just a skylight. Yeah, yeah, and also a, tra- uh, a skylight in a ground floor flat is just perving, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's true. Was he a pervert? Uh, he might have been. He might have been. I bet he was. I bet he was. 1929. A man. Yeah. Pervert. Have did they look at suicide? Um, there's no gun. You've got an idea. You, you've got Henry an idea. Who said that? Henry, He's Henry telling me it's a secret. Everybody, <laughs> oh, stay we, out of our love affair. We got we got rid of Henry too quick. He had a little out. bit, didn't he? Earlier on, now it's gone too. Henry, you had your chance, man. Oh, okay. What was that? Henry has solved the crime. Don't point at me like this is my fault. You <laughs> came over here, Henry, pissed as a fart. Oh, good. Um, he was properly thanks involved. Thanks to you, Masood. I quit. <laughs> so. Henry has the interesting theory that it could have been a Harry Houdini style situation, an escapologist. Harry's watched. Yeah, Harry's watched Jonathan Creek, and now he's drunk. So is Chris. It's all Chris fucking talks about. <laughs> so what, you what is Harry about? Houdini, the world's greatest Escaper. escapologist, killed, killed Isidore Fink. Yeah, he, he ruined his shirt. I mean, like it's a. I mean, it, it is better than eating the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Houdini. I'm really upset that you think that the eating gun theory is as is just not as admissible as Look, anything else. Houdini would know how to make like because it is a trick, isn't it? If Houdini did it deliberately, he'd know how to make it look like it was locked from the inside. Right. The thing that kind of like when Houdini escapes from his chains, they remain unlocked. I don't think you could then lock a room back up from the inside. Ah, but maybe he did. Nah. Right, yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> uh, was, was, Houdini, nah. was Houdini operating in New York during the 20s? He would have done. He would have had a tour there, I'm sure. But, okay, um, Houdini has a big show. He gives his shirt to the local laundrette, Rambar, <laughs> Isidore Fink. He says, whatever you do, son, don't mess up my shit. The next day, Harry Houdini goes to pick up his shirt. It's soiled. <laughs> yeah, it's soiled by bums. Isidore Fink hates escapology <laughs> for too long. Isidore, Isidore Fink wishes he was an escapologist. That's why he's nailing his windows shut. He wasn't paranoid. He was training. <laughs> We're on to something. He was training to be an escapologist. Harry Houdini turns up. His nemesis, the guy he could never hope to be, and he says. Hey, laundrette guy, don't mess my shirt. Isidore Fink thinks, don't talk to me like that. I'm, a, I'm as good an escapologist as any man. He deliberately burns Harry Houdini's shirt. Houdini goes on stage, everyone's laughing at him. You remember the gig where everyone laughed at Harry Houdini for having a shit shirt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harry Wait, shit shirt Houdini, that's they made, what they call him. I made a whole film about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terence Stamp. Right? Houdini comes back <laughs> the next day and lo... The way we described it, he shoots him, yeah, leaves, and Isidore Fink, in his dying moments, thinks, I can get out of this. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to prove to Harry. I left the iron That on. I can escape this room um. once and for all. And then his dying words, a man can't escape death. Oh, shit. Bloody <laughs> hell. Nice. Case closed. <laughs> Bar open. 
Can you come on every episode? Is that your catchphrase? <laughs> is that your catchphrase? Case closed, bar open. No, because it if it be, isn't, yes, right, then it yeah. absolutely yeah, sure should it be. Season two, season two. It's a really good. That's your tagline. Mm. That's what the tagline case should be. Closed, the thing is, bar open. We very rarely close them because we get too drunk. <laughs> yeah. I always solve it. Well. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we got time? What time? What time are we on now? I don't know. We got it's, uh, it's twenty-two eight. Oh, okay, cool, cool. In which case, right? Um, there are there are, obviously I've looked into it. There are certain theories. Now, you might have been joking, but there are rules to a lot room. Although you're gonna say you might have been joking, but Harry Houdini was. Well, he was definitely there. <laughs> What? Yeah, he was definitely there and he ate the gun. That's what he did. Oh, Harry Houdini <laughs> eats guns. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that rumour. Um, it's written on the toilet walls, actually. <laughs> Have you seen that? Scrawled on the cubicles of the toilets, Harry Houdini eats guns. <laughs> but it's weird when you uh, put it to Gunny McJr, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, um, there are uh, certain rules to a lot of mystery. Uh, a guy called John Dixon Carr, if you're not into impossible crime fiction, he's like the daddy of impossible crime fiction. In one of them, Genuinely considered to be the best locked room mystery ever written. It's called The Hollow Man. He sets out in a chapter all of the various ways a locked room mystery could happen in right. fiction. But they do kind of apply, okay? So there's no gun found, all right? So that means the uh, door must have been unlocked when Isidore Fink was shot. Yes. And the Which we kind of, we've, exactly. we've gone for that. This is what I mean. So you were joking, but I think that has to have been... I was not. I've happened. not been joking once. <laughs> There's another thing here which I think is nominative determinism takes place because the neighbour who heard the three shots and ran out to find a uh, policeman, her name is was Lachlan Smith. <laughs> which you can show yeah. them. You've kept Smith. that under wrap until now! It was it's almost Smith. like it's a story to tell, isn't it, Tom? And so uh, her name is uh, uh, was Lachlan Smith. Sean, that's a locksmith. That's almost too good to be true, isn't it? But it is true. And it's a massive coincidence because it obviously had nothing to do with the thing. If she was to have shot him, why would she run out and get a policeman? Because she's locked she's, the door. Yeah, she's covering her Not tracks. from the outside. No, but if she's capable of locking a door because she's, she's a, a locksmith, locksmith then, then surely... Yeah. No, her also, name is locksmith. Her name is... <laughs> yeah, but, but what are <laughs> the <laughs> origins of names? Yeah. Locksmith. Do you think yeah. that's where it came from? <laughs> no, but that's where people's names do come from. Like, your name, you can... Tr- tr- like, my name is Tom name Parry yeah. Yeah. because down the line, my family's must have been... F- Fences. They must oh, have right, been yeah. fences. And have you have, <laughs> you, have you got that? Have you got that skill through genetics? Oh man, I can fence with the best of. The <laughs> <laughs> so, no. My surname is Kempner, and it's Polish for jousting champion. I gutted everyone. Can you? Can you joust? I'd love to see you joust. I can ride a horse. I believe it. And I could stab a man. Put those two things together. What sure, Kempner. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Bones. <laughs> <laughs> and now we enter the drunk part of the yeah, podcast. Well, I mean, yeah, this is where. Um, but Shoes th- off soon. So we, we've never actually questioned that. But if you're the neighbour and you've killed the guy and you've succeeded in locking the doors, then you go and get the police. You do. That makes it the so perfect crime. To absolve you, yeah. How about this? Uh, um, the iron, I think, is um, important. I'm glad. Maybe not as important as the rivets being shot, but how is this for just kind of like idle wandering? How's this, right? Um, and I'm not going to perform it as good as you, Tom. Um, but here's... He, 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 he's <laughs> Folksy. What's that? You're a very good performer. You're Let's very kind. He it doesn't is. believe in himself. No, I don't. He did. I don't, because I spend my Tuesdays in a podcast studio being told off by Suze Kempner. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I think might have happened, Tom. Uh, what if uh, the neighbour indeed shot him 
uh, for various reasons, she wouldn't know what he's up to in terms of like maybe maybe um, uh, uh, not being a bad neighbour as such, but maybe he's doing things that made him paranoid. Maybe he locked all of his windows from the inside and had three deadbolts because he was up to no good, and she knew that. And so she decided to put him out of the equation. Maybe he was a bad sod. All right. So Isabel thinks a bad sod. Maybe he is. <laughs> because here's the other thing. In this mystery, the problem is a door. <gasps> oh, oh, shit! <laughs> shit. What? Nominative determinism. What? Everyone in the tent just died of a heart attack. For the listener at home, <laughs> oh my God. everyone in the tent is fucking right now. <laughs> they're all having sex because they're so horny for this mystery. It's a festival, isn't it? The basil's going around. And so, right, yes, what if she basil. decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do him in, I'm going to do him in, right? So she shoots him from the doorway. He only has to answer the door. He opens the door. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, and then she legs it. He decides, uh, fuck, I'm going to die. And what I've been up to is going to be discovered. So he shuts the door. He locks it. He does lock the door after he's been shot. And what if, what if he turns the iron on in a way to heat something up to maybe perform emergency surgery on his wound <laughs> to cauterize them? What if he heats? What if he decides I'm going to heat the heat something up on the iron to sort of like seal the and stop the bleeding? Maybe, maybe that might explain the iron. I mean, the th- the, that's the theory I think that we've come closest to. Is he answers the door, even if it isn't the neighbour, because he doesn't have to have been. It's a bad guy. It's a bad. He, they're doing bad guy stuff. Say his door's a drug dealer, right? right. He gives you a shirt, but check the shirt pocket. You're Got having a, little a good bit of time. Put basil in uh, it. We all know what's in the shirt pocket. <laughs> a little bit of basil. And then, <laughs> so he knows. He, yeah, he thinks he's going to survive it. Right. So okay. he thinks I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to put. Up, this put, is good, right? This is really good. But, but, who <laughs> ate the gun? Who ate the gun? Who <laughs> ate the gun? I reckon. I reckon locksmith took it with her. It's Gunny McJune. Gunny McJune. Like Gunny McJr. Isidore Fink was Maybe Gunny, Gunny McJr.'s dealer. Right. Right? Okay. Uh, so they're doing that Locksmith stuff. Locksmith knows what's going on. She's down there. She's like, you two are up to no good. You're using a kid drug dealer. This is crazy. Right? Guys, I'm here to tell you that when Chris Stokes said, the problem in this case is a door, that's your festival moment right there. <laughs> You're not going to get that shit from Kelly Jones tomorrow. Oh, night. Okay. He's, they're not capable of doing that stuff anymore, the phonics. They're too old. Yeah. But Stokes is here delivering a real festival moment. <laughs> the mystery Ryder. is a door. You don't get that stuff in Local Boy in the Photograph. Don't, don't you don't have... It. Kelly Jones is not capable of that subtlety in his songwriting. No. The tent's filling up now as well because they're it's all fascinated. It's raining. It's nothing to do with the weather. Okay, <laughs> it's guys. It's just because they're all fascinated. Guys, come in. We're going to start from the beginning. Okay? <laughs> so, Isidore Fink is a laundress guy. <laughs> I was doing the same. Aren't they? La- laundretarian, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. A laundretarian's not a thing. Um, it's good. It's do a good think? theory. It's a good theory. It's never going to get solved. It's been too long now. It's been 90 years. Can I ask? Yes. Oh, this might seem like a stupid question. Was there CCTV? <laughs> because that would really clear things up for well, us. Has anyone checked? Has well, anyone thought to ask? They don't. Like, so many of like, the <laughs> mysteries we cover are just the police were inept. I bet they didn't even ask, can we check the CCTV in 1929? It's worth asking. In, Let's go back and ask. In, uh, Let's in, go back and ask. In Great Britain, I know this is in New York, but in Great Britain there was a police strike 
uh, that severely hampered the uh, numbers in the police force, even a decade later. And so they ended up having... People were doing jobs and then having secondary jobs in the police force, which meant a lot of crimes just got bungled. So maybe that could have happened here. Who knows? Wow. So what, like the police might have been like, it, the door wasn't locked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. There was a guy. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that route. Let's not blow the whole case open now, guys. <laughs> let's keep it romantic. Oh, I've tried it once, it doesn't work. We're about to smash that window up there. <laughs> yeah, Little yeah. boy, get up there. John, I've told you for a thousand times, it opens to the right. <laughs> John can't open fucking doors. The little boy. He's useless, this copper. The little boy, Gunnar Jr., lands, he goes, it's fucking open. What are they doing? <laughs> it's open, those coppers, man. They don't know what they're doing. Now let's keep the romanticism alive. This is okay. the mystery is a door. That's that's, that's really tickled you. Hasn't oh, you on do, Monday you morning, like you'll be in the office saying to people, "No, no, no, guys, you don't understand. The mystery is a door." They really won't. I think oh, it's more likely He's to say, like, since we went to see this podcast recorded live, and, and it might have been a real story. We can't tell. There was a drunk girl. Uh, she dressed up too much, if anything, um, but her dress did match her hair, and that deserves a round of applause. Almost. <laughs> Almost. 99p, eBay, 99p. <laughs> the dress? Yeah. No way. Yeah, and, and as I was, as the recording started, I realised I got cat hair down it, and it is my cat. <coughs> um, uh, so we've got our theory on this sofa. You think they ate the gun. Absolutely. Um, Team ate the gun, I stick it to their Team ate the gun. Gunny McGunny McJr., is it? It is good yeah. I got Crack the, the window, ain't the gun. Uh, Sue's got a theory. Sue's yeah, I have, and I'd like to theory? deliver it through the medium of song. And I'm going to take my shoes off to deliver it, because I'd hate to fall over while playing the piano. All right, so what you guys don't realise is Gunny McJr., uh, he actually wrote a song about this, um, because he solved it, and I only just figured it out, what the song meant, and this is for you. Pedal's not working, that's all right. I'm Gunnar McJr. and I've solved the case. I climbed through the windows, remember this face. He's quite sassy. Tom Perry's here, so don't you blink. I'm gonna tell you who killed Isadore, I think. Whoa, Gunny McJr.'s here, and he knew Tom Perry was gonna be here. This paranoid man nailed his window shut. What are you hiding, mate? You're fucking nuts. There wasn't a gun before you asked, but his gas iron was on. In the middle of a task, was he in the middle of a task? But he said it in American accent. I've eaten a gun or two in my time, that much is clear, but that isn't what happened here. I've spoken to Dogman, Ringro Temp, and the cowboy. They say that bum shirts had lost his adore tons of money. Money? Money, but it rhymes with cowboy. <laughs> you, like, none of you have had to write a song, Pissed. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool your boots. Um, he spoke to all these people. He was a, a man of the streets. Uh, the mic's coming down now. Is that slowly... It's the mic's coming down. It's like a metaphor for my whole career. Thank you, Masood. Thank you. Doesn't just make drinks. Sometimes he fixes the mic stand as well. But here we go. This is the denouement of the song, which means the end. <laughs> Henry is here and he doesn't have a clue. Everyone's stumped, and so are you. 
that's um, pretty shitty of uh, Gunny McJr. to say that about all of you, but don't shoot the messenger, I'm just saying his words. I'm Gunny McJr. and I've got a shout. Isidore was shot by Harry Houdini. Plot twist, Henry figured it out. Thank you. And thank you for yeah. Gunny McJr. and his hit song, I Figured It Out. <laughs> Again, I think Sue solves it. I think she knows. Great. Yeah. And with thanks, the help of Henry. Thanks for your help. Thanks yeah. for your help, Henry. Thanks, 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 Appreciate Henry. it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for all your help as well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thing about this is that most people in the tent are only here because it's raining. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what are, are they doing? What are they doing? What's this? Yeah. We came at the end and we heard a song. It was quite nice. This song sounds like it was written on the fly. Is this a podcast? Why have they dressed up? If you just arrived, all you need to know is the mystery. Is a door. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's all we need to know, baby. R.I.P. Ringway Trap. <laughs> the mystery is a door, baby. He's going to say that to me all weekend. <laughs> all weekend. Hey, if you see any of us this weekend, <laughs> just put your hand on our shoulder, say the mystery is a door, we'll look at each other, we'll know, and then off we go. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Speaking of which, beautiful. Are you doing anything else this weekend? That yeah, I'm going to get you? drunk. I'm going to take my top <laughs> off watching the Stereophonics. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fall Mr. asleep Reiter. in the woods. Um, but you've got no more shows. No, you? this is my last really? official oh. obligation. I say obligation. It's oh, been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've absolutely oh, loved much. it. Thank you for coming. Treat. Round of applause for Tom Parry. Thank Woo! you very much. Um, and thank you for coming. Yes, this was genuinely you. the first time we've ever done it live. And uh, uh, it worked because of you lot. So thanks very yeah. much. We really thank appreciate you. it. If you yeah. wanted to check us out to hear how we do it properly, <laughs> uh, uh, it's Mystery on the Rocks. That's, uh, that's our podcast there. You can find it on, well, you know where to get podcasts from. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the listening post. Sure. Yeah, that's true. It's um, like a radio show on, on the, the internet. internet. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, uh, but again, thank you so much for coming down. Please give up for Masood. Yeah. Woo! I, I, to be fair, I just stood here in front of a table of drinks, so thank you. Thank yeah, you. but you made delicious drinks. And uh, 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 I've been Chris Stokes, and give it up for Suze Kemner. Thank you very much. You'll be wonderful, and enjoy your weekend. Thank you. infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com